This is a Carly Simon Monday afternoon on the muster as we go to Glenham now. Just out of Wyndham, we're catching up with Dean Ravage, sheep and beef farmer, based out that way. Dean, how's things? Good things, Andy. The sun is shining, so it's a, another well, it's a good day. A good day. It's a very good day, actually, truth be known. Here in Gore, like 10 o'clock, about 11 o'clock. About 11 o'clock this morning, sorry, uh, about 10 degrees. Um, we had rain last night and it froze, and opening the car doors is a bit of a drama this morning, but it's actually turned out pretty good. We can't really complain, can we? No, any day that you can shift stock on Swedes and kale without putting the leggings on in, in July is always a, a good start anyway. You can just learn to despise leggings after a while, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, they just drag you down, slow you down, covered in mud. It's just, yeah, it makes it hard work. It makes it hard, an easy job hard. Um, everything going all right on the crops, speaking of crops? Yeah, we've got uh, everything pretty much on crop now. I've got one more mob to go on once they finish their paddock um, on the Swedes. Yeah, they've all seemed to take to it quite well, just giving them big sort of three to four day breaks, plenty of scope, and um, they sort of camp down and settle down. It's, it's really good. No complaints there. Just that time, you've got your scanning out of the road, everything sorted. You can kind of feed budget for the rest of the season now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, scanning's all done and dusted, and so yeah, now we can. It's always hard to sort of preempt mob sizes for crop paddocks and crops for scanning because you just don't exactly know how the numbers are going to fall. But um, now I've got all that sorted. We've sort of yeah, everything's on crops, so it's starting to push a bit of grass in front of us now. Um, everything will be on crop for the next sort of 30 to 40 days at least. So, yeah, start conserving pasture for the spring because it's just around the corner, eh? What do you do if you dry to-do's? Do you get rid of them or do you hang on to them and use them as a mud and mob and just give them a second chance or are they all gone? Gone, gone, yep. Scanned on Monday, they're on the truck Wednesday, out of here. Yeah, there's no, no room in the system for that sort of uh, performance, I'm afraid. Yeah, fair enough. They're worth good money at the moment too, though, so it's a, it's a double-edged sword, I suppose. Yeah, it's always a bittersweet uh, check that one coming in, but it's always nice to pump the cash up a little bit this time of year. Hey, Dean, it's a topic of conversation at the moment, the FTA agreement signed by Prime Minister Ardern over in um, Europe Friday morning New Zealand time. Um, Kiwi farmers aren't very happy about this, unless you're a Kiwi fruit, kiwi fruit farmer, it's fantastic, but let's be honest, not too many of them running down in the bottom of the O3. Um, how did you view it anyway, from your perspective? I'll try and start with a positive comment. It was really good to see the kiwi fruit growers get something, and also Farmac, I think, got a lot out of it, which is all beneficial for everybody. But as far as the red meat and milk sector goes, it's just made a mockery of all the regulation all the stuff that's been thrown at us over the last few years on the back of so-called consumer demands and requirements to um, not get an improvement in the FTA for the EU is just ludicrous, really, and just really disappointed. And there lies the problem. We're having to do all these regulations, new regulations coming in, uh, proposed Dairy Welfare Code, Animal Welfare Code, uh, submissions closed Friday Arvo for that or Thursday Arvo, sheep and beefs in the pipeline as well. And we keep getting told if you want to have premium product with premium prices, you've got to do this and that in the paperwork side of things. But this just goes to show we're not actually going to receive that at all. No, well, you've got to be able to have access to your markets to receive those premiums to start with, don't you? But if we believe everything that we're told from the ministers, um, the EU should have been opening up, um, taking as much product as, we, as they can possibly handle because of their so-called 
high standards and regulate whether or not so called. They are extremely high standards. So the animal welfare, environmental stewardship, all those things tick all the boxes yet. Um, I still can't see a premium coming coming for us yet. Just watching the body language of Sam McIver on TV Friday morning and talking to Chairman of Beef and Lamb, Andrew Morrison, on the muster last Friday. Um, just really disappointed what was in it for red meat growers. Um, I just thought we missed a trick. From my perspective, I think perhaps we should have taken out of negotiations or actually been a little bit more hard line. Now, Andrew Morrison said the negotiating team we had there was the best that we could have got, but I just think we missed a trick. Based on Damien O'Connor saying there's only so much red meat to come out of New Zealand that we can actually give, I think we needed to hold off for better prices, perhaps even somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, the cynic in these days that Prime Minister was over there on a big PR stunt and she signed a bad deal for the sake of signing a deal just to perhaps get themselves a bit more street credit here in New Zealand, which is just um, really disappointing, really disappointing. But as far as these regulations coming in, Dean, um, it's not really going to change anything, is it? It's just more paperwork coming in, but it's not going to mean more moolah at the end. No, it's not, unfortunately. Not now, not when you see the way the free FTA is gone. Um, it's just another another rock being Buffett farmers, if you ask me. Just more regulation, um, more time in the office. Just We just want to get out there and farm, eh? And it's just making it very difficult. And that's what everybody keeps saying. They just want to go out there and just farm. Um, but look, in the matter of, look, I've been off the farm now three and a half years. And the amount of regulation that has come in since that time has been staggering um, to the point that if you're not actually listening to media or reading these days, things are actually occurring without people actually realising it. So it's just making things harder. It is. It's just every day there's, there's something else coming at you. And sometimes you just want to stick your head in the sand and carry on farming and think bugger it. But we just can't afford to do that now either. So, um, yeah, it's very much two elements to farming at the moment. There's the practical side of things, and then there's the administration side, keeping your yeah. finger on the pulse of everything else that's going on. Um, it is very frustrating. We'll have a change of tack now, mate. Something a bit more positive. You're talking about the pulse. Well, finally, the All Black Scrum had a pulse on Saturday night against the Irish. Yeah, that was actually quite a pleasant surprise. Um, I was quite nervous watching, or sitting down to watch that game. With the front rails we had in, in the forward pack, I thought they could have been taken to task a bit, but uh, they fronted up very well, and yeah, they played played a good brand of rugby after the first 20 minutes. Sounds like young Ted, your young fellow there, he's pretty passionate about the cause, he'd given up the faith early. Yeah, he did, he, um, yeah, he sort of <laughs> had a bit of a, well not a meltdown, but he, he made his feelings felt known anyway after the first 20 minutes, especially when the Irish scored that try. But it's just good to see young people with passion like that. And we talked about it off the air before as well. I remember at home, we used to have a pet sheep called Millie. Um, Wendy, my oldest sister, she was about eight or nine at the time. Doesn't matter how big and bravado you are as a shearer, there is nothing more cutting than an eight-year-old telling you that you just cut their pet sheep. Yeah, exactly. And I remember playing rugby the last couple of years, and, and if we lost the year, it was always a bit of a serve and um, a grilling on the car trip home or when you get home the next day um, <laughs> trying to explain the situation yeah, just, yeah it's good though it's good it's good to see um, young young kids with lots of passion about sport and we want to keep that passion alive as well absolutely hey Dean Rabbage once again thanks for your time on the muster as always thanks Andy 
Dean Ravage there farming out at Glenham. Just good to see young people coming through with a passion for sport as well. It's one thing we don't want to farm or we don't want to take away from in this day and age is actually the ability to go out there wanting to win, wanting their team to win. I mean, in this day and age, it's nice to be PC and everybody wins, but in reality, life's not like that. Um, next on the muster, we're going to talk to Richard Kite from Thriving Southland.